This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com. The only place to be in your pop culture world. Wrestling Network, friends and family, hi. Welcome to the now legal episode of your journey through alternate universes far and wide. This is episode 21. We're legal of Through the Looking Glass. I am your co-host, Scott Criscolo. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Happy June. Hope, uh, depending on what side of the world you live on, if you live on my side of the world, it's a little, little soupy, but not too bad. It's in the it's in the low 70s here in Connecticut. But if you're on my co-host's other side of the world, it's three degrees below zero. No, it's not. It'll never be. I feel it's too lucky. Good evening, Dave Hall. How are you? I, I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, 21 today. 21 today. We're coming of age. Uh, yes. So it's uh, it's it's good. Um, very legal. Um, I am. Uh, from an Australian perspective, freezing my ass off is, is the term <laughs> we're going to use down here. Um, unfortunately, I recognize, I, I, I know a lot of our listeners um, are based in the US or, you know, maybe we've got some in the UK. Uh, I know it does not get as cold where I live as it does for them. I woke up this morning to one degree Celsius, which I looked up just before, is about 30, 33 degrees Fahrenheit. So it, by my standards, bloody cold. But um, I'm sure by a lot of uh, a lot of your standards, you're sitting there going, mate, you'd be wearing a you know t-shirt and shorts in that weather probably. So uh, no, winter's real well and truly hit down here. Mm, yeah, uh, 21 Fahrenheit or Celsius? No, one degree Celsius. So it was about 33 Fahrenheit, I think the conversion said. Ah, uh, okay. So you're right at freezing. Okay, that's yeah. I gotta admit, uh, that's kind of cold for you. It was that's, very cold. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of cold for you. So, uh, um, yeah, I would be happy if it was 33 every day in my winters. Take one of the threes off and I get some of those days. So, <laughs> so anyway, Dave, always a pleasure. Uh, we are legal, episode 21, and we hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, we hope you're enjoying everything here on the PTB Wrestling Network. A lot of great shows. We had a fun week last week. Uh, uh, NWA Crock and Roll came back. Uh, Sean Kidd and the guys came back for another great episode, and they'll be they're back monthly basis, not biweekly, monthly basis. So that's fun. Uh, um, and uh, all the other great shows we have here, uh, we had to do some we had to do some schedule shifting, so there won't be a place to be podcast until July. Uh, some shifting of schedules and such, but uh, but we'll be but of course the mothership will be back in July. We're up to. Uh, uh, we will be doing Breaking Point 2009 will be our next episode. So uh, Close, closing in on 700, aren't you? Uh, yeah, we're about uh, I think we're about 70 from seven bills. Yeah, I think we're about 70. 628, I think, was our last episode. So I think we're about 70, just over 70 episodes from seven bills, which is just mind boggling. It's amazing. <laughs> um, it's absolutely amazing. So uh, but uh I, I I look forward to the day, Dave, when you and I reach 700. <laughs> My goodness, that's a oh, 
700. If we go one a month, that's a long way. I know. <laughs> Dave's like, I just want to get to 25. <laughs> so, anyway, it is June, and we did not do this topic uh, last June. Um, uh, we did something else. So, this uh, June, we decided to do the topic that uh, everybody likes to talk about in June, even though this pay-per-view or this concept has not happened in June uh, since 2002. There have been six of them since, all of them spread out all over different uh, parts of uh, the year. So, Dave, what is our uh, what is our topic this evening? Well... We're living in we're living in a world that is constantly changing, and I'm sure I, I know I know for Americans the um you know I know Americans probably aren't as over what sort of happens um in some of the political systems elsewhere. Um, I'm sure uh, though a lot of you guys are fully aware that our our beloved Queen Elizabeth passed away. Um, Amer- English Queen Elizabeth passed away last year, and. Uh, just recently, we had the coronation of King Chuck, King Chucky the the uh, I think he's King Chucky the second I think or the yeah. third I can't remember but uh, but King King Chucky uh, coronated rose to the rose to the surface he didn't have to win any tournaments uh, but uh, wrestling is rife with with royalty royal tournaments and uh, we're going to jump back and we're going to have a little bit of a look at the King of the Ring. Yes, uh, we, we're going to dart back in time. We're going to look at the uh, at the at the history of King of the Ring, and we're gonna we're gonna do something similar to what we did with the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago, and that's just look at um, go through some of the the, the go have a look at the winners, and and maybe propose some alternate winners, uh, and and how how uh, wrestling history at different points might have been different if uh, if WWE put the um put the push behind someone else to win king of the rings so i think this i think this is gonna be a, a fun little episode today yes uh it's it's a uh it was a concept i always loved uh you know it goes back of course we're gonna go back to the original king of the rings we're not just gonna start in uh dayton ohio in 1993 we're gonna go all the way back and i uh I remember in the WWF magazines, because they would obviously pimp this, and I guess I kind of saw it on, on like, PWI, too, but I do kind of, uh, I do kind of remember hearing and reading about King of the Ring um, in my, um, you know, in the the mags when I was a kid. Um, the one that I that comes to mind for me, and we'll delve into it a little bit, was... Uh, when Savage won the uh, house show tournament in 1987. Mm. Um, what I find funny is that uh, um, the first couple of years, like the funny part about the house show ones that I thought was wild was that heels were wrestling heels, faces mm. were wrestling faces. It was Very because much, it wasn't yeah. televised. Mm. You... Uh, uh, you got kind of see some unique situations, stuff that that Vince would never put on TV, never put on TV. Not a chance. No. Bare, I mean, for God's sakes, he it, it took a lot of cajoling for him to do face versus face at WrestleMania six, and mm. five years earlier, you wanted him to have heels wrestle heels. What are you out of your mind? <laughs> you know. So, 
<coughs> so excuse me. So it was um, it was a very uh, unique concept. I love tournaments. This is one thing that me and my uh, my man uh, Doctor G disagree on vehemently. He hates tournaments. He thinks they're a waste of time. They're crutches. Uh, I I half agree with him. Uh, I do think tournaments are a great way when you're kind of stuck with a lot of good talent. I also think it's a good creator of um, uh, creator of good uh, storylines. Um, but there are times where it's a crutch and where you can use it way too much. I mean, what was it between mm. 96 and 97? Uh, uh, you know, there was like five tournaments for the intercontinental title. It seemed like, you know, mm. so uh, well, it, in, be- no, in 98 and we'll, we'll get to this as we move on later, but in 98, they had three tournaments on WWF television or pay-per-view in the space of four months, four or five months. Yeah, you had you had you had King of the Ring. You had the Intercontinental uh, Title Tournament, and then you had the World Title Tournament, all in the space of a few months. Right, crazy, right? Absolutely crazy, absolutely nuts. It's wild. So I loved the King of the Ring concept, and uh, I thought it was smart for WWF to create it as a uh, as a pay per view in 1993, because obviously by 1993 WCW had been expanding their pay per view schedule. Um, so Vince, you know, Vince was always hooked with the with the Big Four, and then he added King of the Ring in 1993 to kind of bridge the gap, because the last probably two years, 1991 and 1992, uh, that's a long. And we talked about this in past shows, Dave. Mm. It's a long gap between WrestleMania and SummerSlam. That that 91 was the worst because by the time you had the Hogan Warrior versus the Triangle of Terror. Nobody gave a crap about any of those guys anymore. Right. You might as well have just done Hogan Warrior 2 for the world title or something. You know, like, it, nobody cared about Adnan or Mustafa, rest in peace, Iron Sheik. And, uh, or Slaughter, for that matter, his heels. Like, nobody cared by by August. The rumblings were about Flair, and Sid was there. Like, you had all this fresh talent. Nobody yeah. wanted to, to deal with storylines from fucking March. So... It was it was by 1993. It was much needed for uh, for WWF to have a pay per view to bridge the gap between between you know early April for WrestleMania and the end of August for for SummerSlam. Had to be done. It had to be done. So I was excited. I liked uh, I liked and I remember seeing the tournaments uh, on the ha- in the uh, write ups in PWI, and then WWF Magazine would do like a uh, WWF Magazine would do like one of those uh, you know like mini little articles, you know, pimping their tournaments and stuff. So I enjoyed it, Dave. I enjoyed the concept. What about you? Um, I, I always liked King of the Ring. Um, I, I, I enjoy the tournament concept as well. I think it brings – I like tournaments because it brings an air of um, – I was going to say realism, and I know I know it's that's probably not the right word I look for, but it it's contemporary with other sports. You get – you know, tennis uses a tournament concept. Every every event is a tournament concept, breaking, you know, getting down to the winner. Um, most, you know, sports, you know, the, the finals concepts, it's a tournament style, you know, knockout and 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 elimination to, to get to your to your winner. And so you had to go through other teams and other people to 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 get there. So I like the tournament concept because it, it really brings a strong association to other sports and and that that 
need to overcome not just one person or one one player or one team, but multiple teams, whether it be in one night or over a series of weeks or however they however you choose to do it. Everyone's focused on one goal and one prize to get there. So I, I, that's why I like tournaments. Um, King of the Ring was on my radar, obviously very early. Um, I've shared before, 1986 is the year I really um, launched into sort of being the, the the fan that I became. And I remember clearly um, Harley Race being crowned the king on WWE television. But in the weeks leading up to the to the coronation, the interview segments talked about the fact that he'd won the King of the Ring tournament that year. So I, I was aware that it wasn't just a you know a, a gimmick. For, for, for Harley Race, it was something he he won. He he claimed a a a victory to earn that that crown um, that he was then ran with as a gimmick. And then I remember um, 1988. I've shared was the year I got into the magazine, the the After Mag's big time, and I I discovered that the King of the Ring tournament was it was an annual thing. It was continuing, and that that was the year that. Um, Oh, we'll get into it later, but you know, eighty-eight, DBRC and Savage um, faced off in the final of that that King of the Ring. So, uh, yeah, it was it was on my radar early. I, I was aware of it. I remember when it hit pay per view. I, I was quite excited about the concept, and uh, like you said, bridging the gap, giving us something something different for um, for WWE television. And, and, and at that time, it really continued that concept of. You had WrestleMania and SummerSlam as sort of your two big events, and then the other three events were were, were unique. You had Survivor Series, you had mm-hmm. Royal Rumble, and yep. you had now had King of the Ring, a unique event, a one-night event, something you only get this one night in the year. And right. and I, I think that made it it made it um, a valuable addition to the to the calendar. I think. In later years, um, as you went to your monthly events, you know, the King of the Ring sort of then became a bit of a sore thumb for, for the company. I think it was that, you know, oh, now we've got to do a tournament, which we've got all our storylines building. And as the as the as the the approach to business shifted for WWE to the month, the weekly television and the monthly you know, weekly roars and monthly pay-per-views, they they sort of, I think the king of the ring sort of became a bit of a, well, how do we manage that when we've got all our other stuff? So you went down to just, oh, we're just going to do semifinals and finals. You changed the structure. Then you had the brand split and, you know, they changed the structure again and and sort of de-emphasized the king of the ring as a result. But, um, yeah, it was, it was something that I look forward to, especially the early ones that are really enjoyable. Mm. Yeah, I, I think uh, <clears throat> I think it was a good way to to really um, elevate the mid card. Look at your roster and go, all right, who's the f- six or seven guys that we need to really start moving and shaking for the next year? Uh, you know, towards intercontinental level and of course world title level. Um, so it wasn't a, it wasn't as much of a crutch as everybody says it is because. If you're going to have a tournament with a bunch of slugs, then the crowd's not going to care. So you really needed to do the right thing when it came to booking these tournaments and booking the correct matchups. Uh, read the room. 
I mm. think. And 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 there's years, 1995, where no one read the room. Uh <laughs> and uh and well that's why we're here tonight to go through the looking glass to the alternate universe, take a look at these King of the Rings and maybe figure out what could have been done to uh possibly fix them. Now we're not going to we're not going to go you know, 20 minutes on every year. Cause some years they got it right. So we won't belabor the ones that were, that were, that worked because, uh, um, because there's no need for us to talk about it. Uh, we can, uh, but there are years where we definitely could have picked, you know, someone else to, to, um, to win the crown and, and utilize it. Cause there were years where it was not utilized. Um, <laughs> as a matter of fact, a decent hunk of the Attitude Era, well, the early part of the Attitude Era was not used well at all. Mm. And they got a little better as time progressed. Um, and it, uh, uh, and it just totally, you know, died. But other years worked totally perfectly. So, as we move ahead, Dave, year by year, I think we're going to see some very interesting scenarios for some other for some other people um, where it could have been definitely uh, used properly. So I'm ready. I'm ready. Lay, lay, lay it out. Let's, let, let's go back. And, and as we said, we're going to go all the way back to the beginning. And, and the King of the Ring tournament started first time in 1985. It was a, it was a house show event held in uh, Foxborough, Massachusetts. And, um, you know, it was. Yeah, I'm not sure. It probably didn't get a lot of promotion. Uh, probably not even on tele. It would have got promoted in the local, local, uh, you know, syndicated stuff. And uh, you know, come along, check it out. But you know, it was you know, first time '85, and it's you know, we're not going to go through the whole card. But when you look at this card, it is a unique, uh, a, a unique event. As you said, this is this is a time when we get some very unique matchups because the first King of the Ring winner was. None other than the magnificent Morocco, correct? Who yep. beat? Who beat? As you just mentioned a, a couple of minutes ago, um, the recently departed, um, you know, rest in peace, as you said, Iron Sheik. Now this is just like right off the bat. You look at this going, my goodness, you've got two heels in the final. And when you look at the uh, at the tournament structure, it's interesting to see who Sheiky Baby beat because Sheiky Baby. Beat B. Brian Blair in the first round. Now, uh, I, I can really uh, imagine what happened there. Oh, I'm pretty uh, certain she yeah, refused yeah. to lay down for him. Yep. In the, in the semifinal, he beat Brunzel. So he beat both Killer Bees. But in his quarterfinal match, he knocked over Ricky Steamboat. And that, by pinfall, I, mean, I don't know any details about it, but that's, um, that, that, would, that, that really shocked me. And then you've got Morocco coming down the other path. At that, at that time in '85, Morocco and Steamboat were in a massive feud. I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted that they didn't book it to be Steamboat and Morocco in the final. And you know, to to throw it off, like you've got this first time event booking a heel heel final. You know, they're not sending anyone home happy. Right. Um, the the booking of this is odd because. If we look at it, uh, like I said, we won't go through the matches, but 
Um, a couple of weird matchups. So Paul Paul Orndorff, who had just recently turned babyface after WrestleMania one, uh, he and Cowboy Bob Orton went to a D- double DQ. So some tells me. By the way, the first mat, the first, uh, it was a summer tournament, or in, in took place in July, and it was at it was at Sullivan Stadium in Foxborough, the old home of the uh, of the Patriots. In fact, the first two uh, took place there. This was a New England. A very New England-y tournament. Was. Vince, was, Vince was. was definitely reading the geography room uh, because we'll tell you where the next few were as well. Um, it's funny we bring up Steve. Uh, so, so Orton and, and Orndorff, they, they were obviously feuding, and that was a double DQ, which allowed former World Wrestling Federation champion Pedro Morales to move on to the semis. Um. Tito Santana and Jim Brunzel wrestled to a 20-minute draw. So how did they determine who wins the match? They flipped a coin. Could you imagine if you're – and Jim Brunzel won it. So if you're Tito Santana, you're like, I just wrestled for 20 minutes, and I don't win this match because of a coin flip? I mean, who the hell came up with that concept? And yet and yet earlier in the event, you, you have a double DQ, Orndorff and Orton, and, and Pedro got a buy. So why do we why after a time limit draw do we have to send someone through to the semis? Why couldn't Iron Sheik have just gotten a ass to the final? Right. Crazy. Um funny uh that Ricky Steamboat and Iron Sheik wrestled in the quarters because for for anybody, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, uh please do. Uh, uh, two weeks ago on the NWA Saturday special, Dr. G and I did a special, a special episode where we, uh, re, you know, we went through the career of the Iron Sheik in his, uh, as a tribute episode to him. And, uh, he and, uh, Ricky Steamboat actually, Dave, in case you didn't know this, actually had a pretty great feud in Crockett in the early eighties over the mid-Atlantic heavyweight title. In fact, Steamboat beat Sheik in a false count anywhere match mm. on a house show tell me how in 1980 tell me how awesome that match would have been that would that would have been good when that when when cheeky was really probably at the peak of his of his in-ring in-ring yeah. prowess so yeah, yeah. no I, I i did listen to that episode and that yeah that surprised me when i heard it yeah crazy right uh uh thank you for listening dave and for those who haven't yet please do uh and also uh also here not only here but over on the no so uh, Ryan and Keith, uh, I think it was Ryan and Keithy, uh, did uh, a, a tribute episode of their own. So we both did, we both both feeds did exceptional uh, Iron Sheet tribute episodes. So check both out if you haven't had a chance. Um, so, no disrespect to Don Morocco, but I'm thinking to myself, why do you have Don Morocco and Iron Sheik? Why did you have heel versus heel? It's kind of odd. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm wondering. I, I, at least I get Don Morocco maybe winning because I think this was just as they were preparing Morocco for a for a series. I wouldn't be surprised if it was just around the time they were doing the house show series with Hogan. So it would make sense uh, that Morocco is, you know, obviously being prepped and built for, um, you know, for a match against Hogan. That that would make sense. But why have him beat another heel? It, it just that one just stumps me. So, yeah, crazy. You know, yeah. And 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 again, like I said, yeah, I get that. But if but but for a first up event, I would have thought they might have liked to have sent the fans home happy. And I'm thinking, you know, why not send Steamboat through to the final? You know, he's 
been in the company for about six months now. Great opportunity to really, you know, we know they they put the rocket under him. They know we know they're building him. We know they like him, and we know where his career ends up going in WWE. Um, I, I don't get why they're not putting Steamboat over, or on the other side of the coin, Junkyard Dog, uh, another guy who was recent to the company, and um, you know, within the last twelve months, and you know, very popular guy. Um, either of them being put through to, to the final would have made sense. Right. Yeah. And uh, they kind of treated it. It was almost like a, almost like what uh, Crockett would do the following year with the Crockett Cup tournament. You had a tournament, and then you, of course, you would, you would, uh, um, you would cap it off with a world title match, like in the Crockett Cup days. You would have the tag team tournament, and then you would have Ric Flair defend the world title. Well, in 1985, you had the um, tournament, and then you had uh, Hulk Hogan defend the World Wrestling Federation title against Nikolai Volkov, and of course he won it. Uh, so they they did dangle a carrot, like, listen, if you if you enjoy this great ta- King of the Ring tournament and we will reward you with a look at our ch- at the champ, and then of course Hulk Hogan would come out and he would, um, you know, he would defend the world title. Um, but I would have put, heck, I would have even had uh, like even Orndorff win this tournament, like you're saying Orndorff or <laughs> JYD or some babyface to just kind of elevate. Unless you were thinking about what heel you were looking ahead to to maybe challenge uh, Hogan at WrestleMania two. Um, I don't know if in, I don't know if at that point in 85, um, uh, you were, you were thinking about um, getting Nikita Koloff, which was always a, a rumor back then. Um, and I don't think in, in July of 85, they were thinking about uh, King Kong Bundy as the big guy to face Hogan in the cage. So, uh, I'm curious to think if that was an idea of theirs, and we'll talk about that with the with these future non pay per view tournaments. Uh, if that was their, if that was Vince's thinking, uh, to get a guy ready for a big push either on the IC level or the world title level, but Don Morocco winning this tournament was almost kind of like a, uh, um, I don't want to say like a lifetime achievement award, but like. We're probably not going to do much with the otherwise for the next few years. So here, take this. Yeah. You know, I don't know. So anyway, Magnificent Morocco won the uh, the inaugural, the actual inaugural King of the Ring tournament in July of 1985. So. All right. Well, we moved to 86. And as I mentioned earlier, 86 was uh, uh, probably the first year they really uh, hyped this 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 tournament somewhere else because this is the year that the great legendary handsome harley race transitioned from being handsome to being a king by winning the, by winning the king of the ring tournament once again at foxborough and beating now think about this maybe not so much in 86 but think about the implications of this match for some of the long-term fans of professional wrestling harley race the former at the time, six, seven-time NWA world champion defeated 
former WWF world champion Pedro Morales in the final of the tournament. So right. that's, that's a that's a that's a pretty big. I just don't mind that final as a as a concept because you've got you've got two guys that had a big history. A lot of a lot of those long term wrestling fans would have known that, and just the concept. We always, you know, it's that dream match concept from five years earlier. Yeah, it's five years late, but. You know, the dream match concept. We get to see these two guys who we always wondered what might have happened and and Harley goes over. Um, yeah, you know, I think this was a good outcome myself with what they we with how they harnessed the result into the gimmick. I think this was a good outcome. Mm. Uh I, I agree. Um you had there were buys. Uh there were a couple of buys. Uh we had some substitutions. One match that made me uh, that I thought was pretty funny: the defending tournament champion, uh, the uh, magnificent Rocco, wrestled to a twenty-minute draw with the Hot Rod Rowdy mm. Roddy Piper. How fun was that match? That, that now, would have only been that would have could only have been like days or weeks after his return to the company. Like that, that's right around the time they did the uh, they were doing the whole flower shop uh, Piper's pit. Um, you know, battle. Yeah, with, right. With him. I mean, so this, 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 this was that was yeah. a, that was a big match when you're considering that Morocco was he was caught up big time in that Adrian Adonis Cowboy Bob Orton Roddy Piper storyline. Right. Um. Uh, we actually have some. If you look on the wiki, there's actually some descriptions of the matches. Uh. Uh. Harley Race beat George Steele by DQ after Steele rammed Race into one of the golf carts. Uh, <laughs> Morocco and Piper wrestled to a draw. Nikolai Volkov pinned Dan Spivey. JYD beat Paul Orndorff by DQ after Orndorff attacked the ref. And, and this then, is just this is right at the time of Orndorff's heel turn. So he just right. gone he just gone back to to heel turning yep. on hope. And then Pedro pinned Rudy Diamond, who subbed for Bob Orton. Yeah, there's an upgrade. Uh, <laughs> um. That sounds like that had to be a last-minute thing. Like maybe, oh, totally last maybe, maybe Orton got caught, like you know, missed flight, car delays, some sort of legitimate issue, and um, and they've gone, oh, we need someone who's a, who's a local, you know, go, let, let's look up the local scrub talent and who can we bring in just for a, for a quick for a quick you know quick laydown. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we get through the tournament. Uh, there's two non there's two non tournament matches by the way. Bruno San Martino defeated somebody called the Designated Hitman, uh, which was actually uh, Pete Doherty was the Designated mm. Hitman, which is the pretty Duke funny. Duke of Dorchester. I know the Duke. Uh, and in the main event, uh, I kind of want to watch this match. Uh, the British Bulldogs, in a rematch from WrestleMania two, defeated the Dream Team in a steel cage. So that might have been that might have been fun. I mean. Fun. Uh, yeah, and uh, Harley defeated uh, Billy Jack Haynes. Uh, Pedro defeated Nikolai. So yes, in a match that probably, probably, uh, Dave Hall probably happened in like 1980, most likely, hmm. um, you know, or 79. I mean, Harley was not when when Pedro was champion was world champion between 71 and 73 harley had not reached quite that level yet i don't think he'd win his first world title i think he won it in 73 because then he then he beat uh he beat um was it dory 
Uh, no, it was. Uh, yeah, he did beat. No, yes, he did beat Dory, and then he lost to um Jack Briscoe. Mm-hmm. So, so they weren't at the same level at that point. But I would say like seventy nine eighty when Pedro was still kind of in the upper mid card. Yeah. Um, I'm sure him and Harley probably wrestled at the Orange Bowl and all those places where like where Pedro and uh, or where um, Harley and like Bob Backlund wrestled when they were both world yeah. champions. So it was probably pretty great. It was probably pretty great. Um, so I, I think this was good for Harley because it created a gimmick. Was there anybody else? Uh, was there anybody else uh, that could have won it in '86? Well, I don't know. I mean. Could Harley have been a good opponent for Hogan for the world title? I think in historical purposes, yes, but I also don't think I don't know if that I don't know if that would have sold, you know, WrestleMania two. Not, not uh, at that point. No, not at that point. They yeah, they, no. they would have um we know that they ended up um doing a series of matches in 87 when they'd had time to, from a WWF perspective, build Harley up. So, I mean, if you're looking at, if you're looking at another heel who could potentially have won it in, in 80, in 80, 86, realistically, maybe only Orndorff. Um, if you're wanting it from a perspective of, of building someone up for, for Hogan, um, Orndorff sort of coming off a heel turn and then winning the tournament might have might have been a, a value. Um, mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's anyone anyone else out there. Other other guys, you know, in 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 '86 again. If you're looking at, at at people that you can use to to you, you want to use it as a as a build or a push point. Yeah. Um, Billy Jack Haynes had obviously just come in recently, and we, he got to the semis. Maybe you look at, you know, do we want to give Billy Jack a a bit of a, a push and and something to 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 hold on to as he's entered the the company? But I just I feel that this is one of those ones where it was just the right person won, and it was used in the right way. Mm. Well, obviously, I, I I'm going to assume, unlike the year before, where where Vince wasn't sure what he wanted to do for WrestleMania 2. I'm wondering if 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 in by even this point in the summer that they were already thinking that they were going to do Hogan Andre for yeah. for WrestleMania 3. So, and obviously Andre was a machine at this point hmm. in July of 86. Uh and I don't think the discussions of oh Bobby Heenan um had happened yet. So, I think this was more just building up some some uh, somebody to take it to the next level. And I have no problem with Harley winning this because it created the King storyline and, mm. and uh, you know, pretty solid, uh, you know, from here on out. So I'll stick with Harley winning. I think that was a good enough. I think that was a fine move for that moment. Mm. So, yeah, I agree. All right. Okay. So we moved to 87 um, and this tournament was held, uh, moved to, moved to um, something a little bit closer for you, I would believe. Would that not be Providence, Rhode Island? Yes. Uh, Starting to get into some close home territories for you. Yes. Also, they moved it to the fall. It would, seemed like it was Labor Day weekend, uh, September 4th, 1987. And it's at uh, my, one of myself and uh, Mr. Rosero's favorite haunts, the, the Providence Civic Center, the PCC. 
Um, we also once again had a had a you know pretty large, and it seems like Dave every year the um the brackets get bigger. Sixteen guys in this tournament. Yeah, and, and look, we we won't go through. We, we're not going to go through all the matches. We, we've been no, saying no, 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 that, no. so I really don't want to go through. But just my goodness, they've got some scrubs in this tournament. When you, oh, yeah. you look at, at the time, I mean, it's filled with tag guys like you know. Yeah, at the time, this is 87, Haku, tag team, Brutus the Brutus Beefcake. Uh, he's just he's just gone face. Rick Martel, Dan Spivey, SD Jones and Seeker. There's the great SD Jones. What a matched up. Dangerous Danny yeah. Davis, Palmer, Brunzel, Rombat. The, a lot of guys that are just real lower end talents. But this this tournament ends up being won uh by the recently turned face. Uh Randy Savage, the Macho Man, uh, with a with a win in the final against King Kong Bundy. That's uh, yeah. I, I think once again, I think this is uh, strike while the iron's hot. They've just turned totally. him babyface. They are totally. looking at really giving him a bit of a push. And here's the shove. We want everyone to you know give him that chance. And and some of them, you know, I think they've done it well because you know. They they gave him a uh, a semi final victory over Danny Davis. Now that would have just been that would have been a hoot to to watch. Although I'm not sure you wanted to watch nine minutes of it, unless it was nine minutes of uh, Randy Savage beating the snot out of Danny Davis. Uh, but yeah, and then a, and then a final victory over King Kong Bundy. Uh, look, it's clear that that's it's all about getting Savage over as the babyface and really starting to prepare him for the next the next move that they're looking for right. him. They also did use a little tag feud action because at the time in 1987, the Islanders were feuding with the Can-Am Connection. So the hmm. Haku-Rick Martel match in the quarters was very fitting. It ended up being a draw, this time only 15 minutes. Of course, Tom Zink would, would quit because he was a big crybaby. And we would end up, of course, getting the great Strike Force. And about a month and a half after this tournament, uh, Strike Force defeated uh, the Hart Foundation to win the, hmm. the tag team titles. So... Um, Big push there, but I, I'm agreeing with you, Dave. Like, how did that? How did Dangerous Danny Davis and Randy Savage go nine minutes and six seconds? You got a lot of fucking nerve, Danny Davis, to get a match that long against arguably the hottest guy in the company at that moment. You know, not counting. And, uh, and look, look on the same on the same event, like you talked about non non tournament matches. On the same event, you've got Jake the Snake uh, wrestling Honky Tonk Man for the IC title. So you might very well have a scenario where. A lot of that match is actually maybe Honky Tonk Man distracting Savage, Savage heading down the aisle, you know, being attacked from behind, like like a lot of shenanigans that would draw the match out in match length. But probably I think when they're in the ring, I think it would have been complete domination and, you know, sort of Davis only lasting nine minutes because Honky or Jimmy Hart are distracting Savage and he, <laughs> excuse me, chases them to protect Liz or you know, some, some of that sort of stuff that we saw on Saturday night's main event in 87. Uh, yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. And, uh, so I, I mean, I don't think we have to go any further. I think Savage winning the 87 King of the ring was a total right move right there. Total right move. Hmm. So, All right. So we moved to 88 and this is an interesting, uh, this is an interesting one because our, our winner of the King of the ring in 88 is the million dollar man Ted DiBiase? Yes, beating the man who beat him at WrestleMania Four, the world champion 
Randy Savage. Now, this is this just jumped out at me as as uh, 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 when I remember seeing this result in '88, and I, I was shocked by it because you were at the back end of the DBRC Savage feud. DBRC was about to move on, like you're moving Savage on, move like they're basically being moved into different directions, and all of a sudden in the Non-title match, Savage gets the win. Now, I wonder if this was a bit of a makeup to DBRC for not having won at Mania and obviously having to put Savage over for pretty well the last five months in all their rematches. I wonder if it was a little bit of a, ma- a makeup, a do-good by DBRC. Like, you know, we just want to give you, we want to give you some uh, some props for having done so so much for us this year and. And putting Savage, you know, Savage putting him over. I think he beat him by one by count out, but still Savage allowing, you know, being beaten by his the man who he's been beating all over the country for six months. Yeah. Yep. And uh, just uh, I was kind of going with a with a theme with a about the whole, you know, this this tournament show would also have like one super big match. We talked about 85 and 86. 87, it was Jake and the Honky Tonk Man for the Intercontinental title. Of course, that match came from WrestleMania three. Honky, of course, uh, uh, retained the title. Jake won by DQ. Uh, the big match at 88 uh, was... Ha- oh, good Lord. <laughs> You're going to enjoy this one. This is atrocious. Jim Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Dino Bravo in a flag match. That must have been riveting. <laughs> you, 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 you mean you didn't pay to go see this one? Riveting. <laughs> Bad enough with with uh, Duggan, and then you got Dino Bravo, who by then was uh-huh. just so freaking bloated. Um, uh, the interesting part, I don't think we had any draws. This is the first tournament. This is the first tournament where there were no draws. There, there, well, there wasn't a draw, but there was a, a double countout because they had bad, bad news and Hercules went to a double countout, which yeah, uh, gave Randy yeah. Savage a bye. And, and it's interesting because when I look at this tournament, if there's one person I would consider putting over in this tournament that, that didn't go, it would be Bad News Brown because mm-hmm. this this yep. would be right up his alley, the the, the – the loner gonna beat everyone on the rise to you know it wasn't long after this that he started his series of matches with Savage. I wouldn't have had him face Savage in the tournament, but Bad News Brown would have been a legitimate consideration to win this one. Yeah, uh, I wonder if it was a. And what's sad is Savage won by countout. Mm. He was, I guess, distracted by Virgil, who he beat earlier in the tournament. So that's kind of a crappy finish. Yeah. Um. Uh, I like the DiBiase Ron Bass. Clearly, Ron Bass got paid off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he uh, won by forfeit. For those who for those listening in that don't know what happened, Ted, Ted DiBiase wins his semi-final against the outlaw Ron Bass by forfeit. Uh, and yeah, clearly you just you just know DiBiase's in there in the ring giving him money to walk out. So yep, he fake apparently faking an injury, which is pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> We had our we had another year of a jobber replacing a regular guy. Iron Mike Sharp uh, replaced the Warlord, and he actually won 
the match. He he actually beat Boris Zukov. How bad was your career at this point, Boris Zukov? <laughs> and then Mike, Mike Sharp would lose in the quarters to the Red Rooster, which might be even worse. Yeah. So, so DiBiase winning just kept him a hot face, a hot heel. Yeah. Um. Obviously, uh, very weird that this tournament. I just I just don't think he needed it by this point. He 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 was a main event heel. He'd been main eventing all year. I just don't think he needed the 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 win. And like like I said earlier, unless it was a, a bit of a make good for having not been given the title earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, you. It's funny that this is also the first time that that a, the world champion is in the tournament because God forbid Hogan wasn't mm. going to be in any of those other tournaments. Um, uh, and, and that 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 obviously that obviously handcuffs them as well because what do you do? You can't have your world champion lose to to a scrub. You can't have. Your, I would you know. had to be honest, Dave. I would have done almost kind of like a WrestleFest show that they did in Milwaukee that summer. I would have. Um, DiBiase and Savage maybe main event instead of that garbage Bravo Duggan match, maybe yeah. have Savage DiBiase uh, for the world title. Yeah, and 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 and, and yeah, for in in, in maybe in a steel cage or something like that. Right, exactly, and then just yeah. have somebody else win the tournament. Like like I said, maybe like bad news. Yeah, bad news Brown. I like that one. Um. Jesus, there's nobody else here. <laughs> I think, I think, I think, with what they were doing at the time, I think Bad News would have been the perfect person to put over because he, he was on the rise. They were they were yeah. building him up, um, and it would fit his character and gimmick. I'll fight anyone. I'll beat anyone. I don't care. And you could have done a couple of offhand matches in a tournament like that. Have him have him face a heel in one match because he would just go out and beat him up. He wouldn't care. So. Yeah, that that would have been. I think that, that could have been fun for the for the audience. And then you know, like you said, Savage and DBRC in a separate match, not in the tournament. Right. So yeah. So so if there's another guy you would have besides um uh another guy you would have besides uh DBRC winning, I think I agree with you. I think it would be bad news, Brown. So. All right. So All right. um, we moved to '89. And uh, actually, I'll just yeah, we'll move to '89. And uh, this one, this one's interesting. Again, not going through the whole tournament, but the, the king of the ring in 1989 is Tito Santana defeating his former teammate, the man who called him a loser, a loser, WrestleMania, a loser. Yes, he beat Rick Martel. This is this is one of those times. Gee, I wish this was televised. Yeah. Because this is you know, Martel and Tito. This is just, I think this is the perfect end to a tournament final. The two feuding guys who've been feuding since WrestleMania meeting in the final and the and the and the babyface gets the win. That's how that's how you book a tournament. Yep. Um so Tito Santana does get his win that we never really technically saw, I think by until Survivor series. Um Martel always got the uh Always got the better of him. So um, we did not get any uh, no more draws. We did get another double DQ Hercules and uh, the Anvil Jim Neidhart, which gave Akeem, which would have been Justin's pick to win the tournament uh, all the way to the semifinals. 
and uh, Tito beat him. Uh, really nothing else here. And the only the non-tournament match was Dusty Rhodes and the Big Boss Man. So another another tournament that another match from a you know kind of from a feud that that kind of yeah. started throughout '89. Um, but but yeah, I like I like this outcome. I think you know not so much from the perspective of would Tito does Tito need a King of the Ring? Like, is it going to boost his career or do something for him coming out? Don't think so. For me, this is about you've got the two feuding guys fighting to get through this tournament to meet each other in the final. Right. I think that's a good that's a good one night story, and I, I think it would have been it would have been fun to be be there to see that. Uh, yeah, uh, I I think so too. I absolutely think so too. Um, I mean, again, some of this other, I mean, most of this, this tournaments, who the hell's Bill Woods? Oh, Bill Woods was substituting for Hillbilly Jim and Nikolai Volkov was substituting for, I guess it would have been the Widowmaker, uh, Barry Windham. So, so, I mean, this was pretty much just after, just after Windham obviously had the various personal issues that, that led to him, you know, disappearing from the company. Right. Well, I mean, 88, he had just gotten there because 88, he was mm. all in Crockett. He was, they joined yeah, the right, right. 88. Yeah, he came, well, he came in just after WrestleMania. The Widowmaker gimmick. He wasn't on the SummerSlam card, but he was supposed to be on the Survivor Series card in the build up. And the, the, the talk and the stuff that you read, uh, uh, you know, online is that they were preparing, um, preparing Wyndham for, a series of matches with the champ, with Hogan at the time, just a house show series. And then I think it's it's all got tied in with uh, Blackjack and Kendall getting involved, uh, getting arrested for some counterfeiting stuff. And and Barry yes. basically took time off to support the family and then never came back. Nope. Um, but, I mean, like, there's nobody in this tournament that would have done anything for anybody. To be honest, I think Tito was kind of another lifetime achievement award. I mean, who else would you have had here that you could have really pushed? I mean, maybe, really. That's, maybe that's the impact of, of Wyndham being pulling out. Or maybe, maybe Barry Wyndham might have been someone who really would have benefited from it um, if he hadn't pulled out. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I think this was always meant to be Tito and Martel, and it was more to yeah. be... Uh, to kind of be a finish or offer or something for their feud. This obviously yeah. was in October. So it mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, a good month and a half from the survivor series in Chicago where, um, Martel and Tito would have another row. And then they would have a couple of matches, I think in, uh, um, uh, Saturday night's main event. Mm. So, yeah. I might as well just let Tito win this because if we have to stay within the confines of this tournament, I really ain't anybody else um, <laughs> that would have done anything. Maybe Barry win yeah. So, but uh, the main event was Dusty Rhodes and uh, the Big Boss Man in a uh, regular singles match. So, yeah. all right. So, 1990, Vince uh, forgets. <laughs> or too busy that year to run a tournament. Yeah. So. Uh, the King of the Ring has a year off and comes back in 91. This is our last non-televised King of the Ring event and, and very, very famous and very well-known 
uh, non-televised one because 91's winner was none other than the hitman himself, Bret Hart. And yeah. something that was – it was acknowledged. It was acknowledged in the magazines, and I'm pretty certain it was there was acknowledgement um, in the build-up to the 93 King of the Ring that Hart had previously won a King of the Ring tournament. So – yeah, this wasn't something that was that was uh, kept, you know, sort of in the past. We forget about it. This this became part of Bret Hart's resume as as he was as he moves on in his career. Right. Um, looking at the tournament, uh, the only other guy, and I think it's kind of obvious. There's two guys actually, and they end up wrestling each other in the quarters, and then they get double DQ'd. Uh, so at this point, the tournament was in September. So it was only like a week and a half before, uh, Dave, that Bret Hart had won the intercontinental title from Mr. Perfect Hmm. at SummerSlam. So having already won the IC title, I feel like, um, I feel like he probably didn't need it. What I would have done is I would have moved the two guys at the bottom of the bracket that would end up double DQing, and I would have had them in the final. And that is The Undertaker and Sid Justice. Mm. I would have made, I would have had those guys wrestle in the final. Yeah. Um, and I think that would have been a great match. As it were, they would wrestle in the quarters and there'd be a double DQ, which, guess what? Allowed Brett to get a bye into the final. Uh, yeah. Which is it, it's, it's weird. It's weird, this house show concept of, of giving, you know, good guys getting buys into final. And, and, and then his opponent, he beats Irwin, uh, IRS. He beats IRS in the, in the final. Well, IRS had to face someone every round. Yeah, uh, he, he faced the he faced the berserker. <laughs> so there's another heel heel first round matchup. Yep. Then he then he then he beats uh, Hacksaw Jim Dunlop. There you go. We, we've we've beaten Hacksaw. That's that can't. Yeah, IRS. The Give the tournament to IRS. He beat yes. Hacksaw. Yes. And then he then he beats Jerry Sags in the semi. So he's beating heels left and right. Um, he's <laughs> and he's you know. Going every round, and Bret Hart gets yeah. You know, Bret Hart gets to beat Pete Doherty in the first round, and um, Skinner in the second, and gets a buy into the final. So they they really it sort of almost backwards booking there. Normally you'd have it the other way around. The the, heel, the right. faces got to overcome the odds, and the heel gets the easy road. So really yeah, really strange. But I agree with you. I I think you know I, I I don't think Hart needed it. He didn't need it at this point. Um. Yeah, maybe maybe IRS, you know, giving IRS the win. Yeah, you know, he's he's just you know he hasn't been in, back in the company very long. It, it might have helped um, give him a bit of a a boost. Um, or like you said, Taker and Sid in the final would have would have maybe been a better option. Right, I agree. I think Brett. Uh-oh. Yeah, and uh, now we were actually starting to care even less about the uh, care even less about the the non-tournament matches because uh the one non-tournament match was uh <laughs> was uh the beverly brothers and the bushwhackers so oh. 
<laughs> we weren't giving a crap about the non-tournament matches anymore, which I thought uh, was pretty funny. I'm sure I'm going to so. pay one. Oh, God. All right. So I definitely, I definitely think, no disrespect to Brett, love you, Hitman, but you had literally just won the IC title. I don't think you needed to win this tournament. I would have had either Taker, particularly considering what Taker was going to end up doing in November anyway, mm. you would have thought that maybe giving him the tournament title would have been a little bit of an extra boost. Um, and then Sid, Sid was like red hot as a face at that moment. So, And honestly... If the date's right, it might have been the two nights before. What would have been cool, uh, Dave, if this was a Saturday night, he was making his television debut on primetime two nights later, why don't we get a Ric Flair appearance? Not in the tournament, but maybe just show up. Maybe, maybe. It's non-televised. A lucky crowd in Providence would have seen it. And then two nights later... On primetime is when Flair made his official TV debut. But why not have him, you know, show up? Um, you know, why not have him show up? Absolutely. Uh, sure, know, be, it would have been good. Province. It would have been pretty great. Uh, yeah. All righty. Well, let's let's move into let's move into the televised era, and we don't need to cover the the tournaments as much because I think most people know how they they pan out and how they go. So. 1993, Brett the Hitman Hart wins the tournament. Uh, you know, a, a very famous. We we know, yeah, really Hart was used to put over the gimmick of the King of the Ring tournament. Three great matches in one night, uh, and and it boosts into his next feud with uh, with Jerry the King Lawler. Um, so a, a, a very very famous uh, tournament, famous winner. Uh, where do you stand on that one? Do, do you think that that's one that you would, you know, you would, you would keep that? Do you, do you think that was, that was the best way to go? Well, obviously, and, and this has been discussed a lot. Obviously everyone thinks that Brett was getting a consolation prize for all the fucking shenanigans that went down in Vegas, uh, at WrestleMania nine, um, Brett was kind of like, yeah, sorry we fucked that up, but we kind of had to do that. But here, here's this really cool tournament. All right, whatever. And then, of course, it, you know, it would lead to a two-year-long feud between uh, Brett and Jerry Lawler. Um, obviously, the highlight for me of this tournament is arguably, well, debatably, what I think is a better match between Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect than the one at SummerSlam 91. I've always considered this match better. My personal match. opinion. Yeah. Um, the match is fantastic. Uh, I believe and, it's on my top 100 GWWE, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the tournament overall is good. Bigelow looked really good. Um, you know, obviously, we're not going to talk about the undercard. This isn't a pay-per-view review, but it was cool that, you know, Yoko finally ended that H- Hogan bullshit. Um, I'm trying to remember the Sean and Crush IC title match. Oh, it sucked it. It sucked it. Yeah. Brett was in, uh, Sean was in his, uh, pancakes and steroids phase. He was getting a little, he was a little plump. Um, (laughs) but, uh, I don't know who else you could have had here. Uh, I think, uh, look, I'll throw it out here. Like I said, I think Hart's the right person in terms of the, what they were trying to get on pay-per-view with the the one night tournament and, and launching into the, to the, the Lawler feud. But, the other person who might have might have benefited from a victory here is perfect. 
And 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 sure. I say that I say that not only because he can do the same thing in the ring, but Perfect has gone from if we if we just track his year in January, he he's top of the card. He he puts Ric Flair out of the company on on Raw. You know he's then wrestling Luger at Mania. He's slowly moving down the card. He's been dealing with Shawn Michaels um, since WrestleMania. And he only goes further down. He goes down and then we have the diesel situation and then, you know, he bails out of the company because he doesn't like how he's being used. Um, You give him the victory here. You can legitimately catapult him back to the top of the card. Um, You could have had him face Yokozuna at SummerSlam or, you know, however you want to build it. But I think a Winder Perfect would have helped him maintain in the eyes of everyone that main event status. He's still a top guy. Um, he's one guy I think would have benefited from a victory in the tournament um, outside of the, outside of the hitman. Yeah, I think so. Uh, particularly since, um, you know, perfect would get a IC title shot at, at uh, SummerSlam 93. Obviously at this point in June, uh, Luger was a heel Hmm. Um, and he and, uh, uh, Tatanka would have a very frustrating, um, a very frustrating draw in those quarterfinals. I think Luger would have been a pretty awesome pick, uh, but he was a heel and I don't know what their plan was as a heel. And I don't but, think I don't think with the plans to uh, with their intention to have Yoko go over Hogan for the title, they they weren't going to put a heel over the tournament as well. Yeah, I I agree with you. So, uh, the only other guy I see that could have gained from this was Perfect. Otherwise, I think they were going to give it to Brett the whole time as again a consolation yeah. prize for you know doing the right thing at WrestleMania nine or not doing the right do doing the right thing while the wrong thing was being executed. Staying out of the way of the wrong thing. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. So, so 93, we could leave alone. I think. Okay. Fine. Uh, but your pick of perfect would have been a fine alternative. Right. Well, well, 94. 94, I think, is a more leave alone than any than any other tournament I think we're ever going to talk of. 94, famous for the King of Hearts being crowned, the mighty, the great, the legendary Owen Hart, brother of the first year's winner. He wins this tournament to... To continue his build of being, I'm going to emulate my brother. I'm going to do everything that he did, and I'm going to do it better. And I, I, I honestly cannot think of anyone in '94 who would have been better winning the tournament. I, nope. I think it's, I think it's, it's a, it's a, it's a lay down that Owen is is the perfect choice that year. Yep, I don't think there's anybody else. I don't think it's anybody else. Totally, totally. Uh... Um, Owen's own, it's Owens to win. Own, yeah, brother Owen. Uh, O W N Owen. Um, <laughs> Tim Capel says it the best. Hey, my little brother Owen. Uh, uh, yeah. There's nobody else. There's nobody else. Now nah, there's nobody else. Um, yeah. the only other guy maybe, but he had already, he was already getting a title shot. Was Diesel. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. The only other person who would benefit it would be Diesel, and that's. It would have been it would have been interesting if he'd been in the tournament. And I guess if you'd had Owen face the face Brett, you know, you know, I beat you at WrestleMania, therefore I should get the title shot. You could have you could have put Diesel over. And I think if they you know you gone that route, I don't think anyone would have been 
disappointed, but I don't think a diesel victory would have been anywhere near as revered as the way Owen was able to use it to boost his career. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, uh, if diesel, if you had a different guy, you know, I mean, Owen, obviously with Brett being champion, you weren't going to have razor win the tournament, but that would have been pretty fun. Um, I could see razor winning the tournament. Obviously, the two of them made it to the final, which made perfect sense. This is one of the more – I will say this, too, as we continue on, Dave. This is one of the more logical brackets. Yeah. Um, Diesel – or uh, Razor and Owen in the final was perfect. Um, Razor-Diesel so really Razor in a final would have been would have been perfect. That would have, would have played into storyline as well. So, right. you know, like I said, Diesel maybe, but I think, yeah, I, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change anything about that one. Right. Um, I, uh, yeah, definitely. So we're good. We're good. Owen, right. stays, Owen stays winner. All right. Well, now we're going to talk about the, uh, probably the most, most reviled tournament, King of the Ring tournament in history. One of the, one of the most hated ones and clearly one of the biggest missteps they ever did. The 95 tournament. Now, we actually contemplated booking this uh, this whole event as 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 our podcast episode today, but we 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 didn't go down this route. So we've probably got to be careful we don't spend too long on this. But we all know, I mean, Mabel winning in '95, everyone knows it was yeah, why why oh why it it did not go down well with the fans. It did not go down well in Philadelphia. Very very uh, very famous for the the ECW chants and the and the this sucks and Mabel sucks and yeah big fan backlash on this one on the night at the at the event and uh, and I guess when you look at when you look at the company at the time I mean you don't have to stick to the bracket um, when you look at the company at the time it is really hard to work out what do you do I mean here's a couple of options but I don't know whether anything I, I really you know, I'm not sure where you would go this. I'd be interested to hear what you have to say about this one. But a couple of options. You could have considered putting Yokozuna over, have him win King of the Ring for the same purpose of, of, of a match with Diesel at SummerSlam. Yoko at least has the history of being a former champion and being good in the ring. Uh, but we all know that Yoko's weight was causing an issue. Um, uh, 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 other options would be to go um, go, to go the baby fast up baby fast route and either have Sean win or maybe have Bam Bam Bigelow win this one as sort of a bit of a, you know, the, the baby face push having just, you know, switched sides and, and all the impact of coming out of mania of losing to Lawrence Taylor. And, you know, it was all supposed to be, well, we're going to, you know, we're going to give you a big push out. So after WrestleMania was, is how the story goes. The part of the reason he was able to, you know, agreed to lose and, then Sean goes, you know, goes face and big guy finds himself in sort of the number four, number five, number six baby face position. Um, mm-hmm. a, a Bigelow win at least would have, I think, been acceptable to the to the audience as a, you know, here's a baby face, a bit of a push for him, but you know, you know it's never going to amount to anything long term. Um, it, it's a difficult year, 95. Do do you have any thoughts? Who who would you have put over? Well, I think one of the easy ones for me would have been Sean. Mm. Uh, I would have had Sean win this tournament. I don't know if I would have had Taker. The tournament meant nothing to him at this point. Yeah. Um, I probably would have had Sean. 
I probably would have Sean win this tournament. Uh, obviously, um, you know, the show being in Philly, that, of course, added to the uh, antagonism of mm-hmm. it um, because we all know what was going on in Philly during the mid-90s. Um, I probably would have had Sean. Yeah. I probably would have had Sean. I like Yoko. Because if you're if you're if you're specifically picking a king, because it wasn't until 2002 that it was officially said that a king of the ring winner gets the SummerSlam title yeah. shot. If that was your plan, all right, maybe. Yeah. But if it's just to elevate, I would I would have probably given it to Sean. Fresh baby face. Sean, does Sean need nation? He's already uh, he's already re- number two behind Diesel. Yeah. The only reason I say yes, Dave, is because. Uh, uh, Sean is a freshly minted baby face. So I think this might have helped his baby face cause. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not in love with the idea, but he's the only other guy I could think of. I and mean, you look at the rest of this tournament, this entire tournament's crap. Um, I mean, I guess, overcoming, I guess overcoming the odds, sort of here's, here's Sean, you know, a bit of a smaller guy, and he, you know, having to fight each. This would be one where you'd do the whole. He has to fight every round, and then whoever he meets in in the semi or the final, they've had buys. You know, sort of guys have guys have had that, you know, that that extra extra round off, or he's got to beat, you know, yeah, you know, he's got to beat Yoko and Mabel, and you know, you could have him sort of overcoming massive odds to win. That that, that would that would work for Sean. Yeah. No, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. I, I mean, because you don't know what the plan for SummerSlam is yet. I mean, again, we really don't need. Uh, you know, we don't need any more garbage, uh, you know, bad fat guys going up against, uh, Diesel because Diesel right now is already, you know, that, that title reign is already starting to circle the bowl. Um, I just think Sean would have been a good boost for the company being in Philly. I mean, any other city, you might've gotten away with it regardless of who wins, but being in Philly, and already the crowd fucking hating everything about this show. Yeah. And they're already, you know, probably shit-faced because I know Philly well. And where the core state spectrum is, where this show took place, is only like 10 or 15 minutes away from the ECW arena. So, I mean, who knows? They might have just crawled across <laughs> the parking lot. And uh, we all saw what they did. So, um. I think the whole point was trying to be very particular, and I don't think Vince realized who even ECW was, and of course we all know what he would do with them over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. But I thought he was thinking, listen, Diesel's big, he's nasty, big guy against Diesel. Because Vince just spent so many years trying to figure out how to redo the Hogan formula of 85 to, you know, 89. Yeah. And just couldn't. Just couldn't. I would have just, I would have just had Sean win, just to get a nice pop, have yeah. him wrestle like a, just have him wrestle like a, uh, a gauntlet. Hmm. That that's my pick. I would have gone with Sean. Yeah. I would have gone with Sean. I like the Yoko pick. You could have kind of rebuilt him, hmm. but Yoko was just not in the shape. Dave. No, I think that was the that was the thing that was working against Yoko is he put on so much weight and right. it, you just yeah I. I 
I'm not sure that they they were comfortable anymore with Yoko being in in a main event position at, at the at the fear of what might happen with his weight. Um, you know, physically how that might impact him. I think that's that was their fear. Yeah. So again, we won't belabor the ninety-five because we want to stay positive. <laughs> yeah, we can't we won't go any further. But I, I think anybody but anybody but Mabel, there's your answer. <laughs> yes. Anybody but me. All right. All right. Well, 96, I don't think we're going to spend very long on this one. 96 was going to be the legendary Triple H. Yes, and, it was. Um, and surely we want Triple H to win the tournament, don't you, don't you Scott? We'll just leave it at that. Triple H wins and, and we can move on in 96. No. Yep, no, exactly. No, no. The, pick, <laughs> the backup pick was absolute garbage. No, no. <laughs> no um, obviously, nope. 90, as we know, Triple H got himself out of the of the tournament through some backstage issues. Yes, and- as, uh, before you go any further, Dave, I have to quote the Triple H Thy Kingdom Come DVD. Thanks to his best friend, Sean, Triple H had to eat plates of shit, as he says in the uh, uh, on his Thy Kingdom Come DVD. He had to eat plates of shit. Uh, so Triple H did not win this tournament. Obviously, Stone Cold did. But you know what's funny? Give me. Two minutes, Dave, and then we'll move on. I do find it funny, though, because think about this. I was thinking about this today in my mind while we were while I was mentally preparing for our show. Think about this, though. We talk about, you know, did a win help anybody? Think hard about this. From when Stone Cold won the King of the Ring. To when he faced uh, Brett at the Survivor Series in November. Did this winning this tournament really do anything for him? Not really. <laughs> I mean, yes, we get the Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass and and the brip cord was pulled and and life would never be the same in professional wrestling. So that's true. But if we're just talking about the tournament helping him, think about it. I'll just even do pay-per-view, Dave. Mm-hmm. So an international incident. I don't think he's in it. Yeah, wasn't on it. Nope. Didn't have a match. Nope. SummerSlam. He's, he's on the pre show. Yokozuna on the pre show, on the free for all. Mind games. Does not wrestle. He's interview segment. Very good. Very good promo. Great promo. Buried alive. He's curtain jerking with Triple H. It's not a bad match. It's actually it's actually not a it's actually not a bad match. It's a solid solid pay per view ninety six match. And then November he wrestles Brett. So that whole stretch, did winning the King of the Ring really do anything to help him? Well, not let, really. let me let me ask you this though. I, I hear your argument and I get your argument, but but let me let me let me flip it around a little bit. Sure. If, if he if he doesn't win ninety six, we don't get that promo, True. and it, and it, and it's clear and obvious that promo, it stood out. It, it stood out to the fans, and it stood out to Vince. Following that, yes, we might not be getting many matches, but he started getting more and more promo time. And that mind games um, interview is that mind games promo and interview with with Pillman and Owen is just. That's legendary. That's one of the great. Oh, awesome. That's one of it's the awesome. great interviews of all time. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I would argue if he doesn't, if Triple H was to win that tournament, we never get 
stone cold in we never get we never get that interview and i i, I question whether or not he would have been anything more than the mechanic then and and yes he may very well have still had a great match with bret hart and he may very well have still moved into a strong position in the company Correct. But would he have ever achieved what he got without the promo? I think I, I think that's the the key to it all. I think the promo is what put him in everyone's mind. That the fans the next night were rabid for him. They wanted to hear him talk more because he did in one night he did a promo that no one had ever heard before. He was he was cussing, he was swearing, he was yep. mouthing off, telling Doc, yeah, telling the fans to shut up, telling Doc, yeah, telling him to piss off. That didn't yep. happen and. Whether he was whether whether he did it off the cuff, whether Vince gave him permission, who knows? But I think without that promo, so if he if if Hunter wins, we don't get the promo. Austin still has a strong, solid career, but I don't think anything ever happens beyond the you know he wrestles hard, maybe wrestles hard a second time, but we don't get into the legendary feud that we got, and then we don't get the catalyst to, to McMahon, and it, it all stems from. Austin going off script, essentially, whether he did or not, but I think you understand where I'm coming from. He he, he did a promo that, that had never been done before, and that's what got him attention. And, yeah, if, if Hunter keeps the, the victory, we don't get any of that. And Steve is probably viewed as the good hand who can't talk, which is the, that, that's how he came into the company, the good hand who can't talk. So I think I think he needed it more than anything else. Mm. Good point. Good point. I think, yeah, it's more the promo than the wins. But uh, all right, I'll give you that. You're, you make you make a good point on that. That is very true. All right. So, not that I was going to change it anyway, but no, no, we're not changing it. So so yes, we, we're leaving Austin in the victory. So ninety seven, we moved to ninety seven, and Triple H gets his uh, gets his mate good. Uh, they they give him the win. Um, Again, I, I think this was the right call. Um, I think yep. you know, that, that it was the right call. The only other person in the company, and this is, the, I'm going to throw this out there. The only other person in the company at that time who I think would have benefited from it would have been Brian Pillman. It yep. would have essentially been his first televised return. Um, and with what they, how, Austin had used it. You could see Pillman, the Pillman character, the you, you know, having him win King of the Ring might have allowed him to sort of get back in everyone's face and do a promo, and and maybe it would have skyrocketed him as well. Uh, sadly, he doesn't, you know, he unfortunately passes away not long, you know, only a few months later, and it wouldn't have amounted to where we'd hope it would go, but. He's the only person I could see who would really benefit from being given the King of the Ring that year outside of Hunter. Probably. That's that's not a bad pick. I mean, I, I, I maybe you flip the script and you have Mankind win it. Maybe. But did Other he need that, at, this, at this point the groundswell had happened that the the interviews had aired and he was on his path. I, I don't think he – in fact, losing helped him more, I think, the, because then you built to the next couple of the, – the next couple of pay-per-views and that that, that international – um, sorry, the Canadian Stampede K, uh, 
the battle around oh. the arena brawl yeah. and leading to the cage match at SummerSlam. Like, you don't get any of that if he wins. If he wins, he, he'll be in another different direction. But because he loses and Hunter beats him down, we get that series, which I think I don't think I don't think Mick gets as big a career push if he wins as he does losing it. Right. No, good call. Good call. Yeah, I would have just given it to Triple H. He's the only one really that that it would have helped at this point in 97 with the way the roster was. Yeah, I agree with you on that. We don't have to go any we don't have to go much further than that. I think no. I think Triple H was the right choice there. Yeah. Oh, you you would say that. Of course you'd say. <laughs> that. <laughs> Triple H should have won everyone after this, including this one we're about to talk about. No. <laughs> well, you know what? 98. 98. Look, I again, and not, well, we've got to give it to them. This three years in a row, they, they've they've come up with a good winner. Uh, Ken Shamrock won in, in in '98, and and I don't think anyone's really going to complain about that as 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 a victory. I think Shamrock was on the up. He'd had he'd had the series of matches with Rock. The, he he basically gets his revenge on the Rock finally, um, winning the tournament by beating the Rock. And and I think it was. Again, it's it's not. A, I don't. I don't have any problem with this one. I think it's a good, a, a good result, and and probably the right outcome for where the company is going. There are a couple of names I'll throw out in a minute for potential other winners. But your thoughts? How do you feel about Shamrock winning in in '98? Do you do you agree? It's the, it was probably there's, that's the way to go. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of anybody else because. Uh, uh, I can't think of anybody else um, uh, at that moment. I mean, um, The Rock had already kind of um, uh, had already kind of passed uh, like the needing of this tournament. Somehow between the end of 97 and this tournament, he had already passed the needing of this tournament. Yes, he makes it to the final, ends up beating Triple H in the quarters, but The Rock had already passed this moment of needing this tournament. So, giving it to him, having him win, it would have been use, would have been pointless. Yeah. Uh, eh? Severin could have been Dan Severin could have been someone who could that have benefited been kind of cool. from this tournament. Um, yeah, he, cool. he had that history of being the tournament guy in UFC, and and certainly, you know, if we if we go by what we've heard, their original plan was to build to some form of Shamrock Severin match. I wouldn't have had them meet at King of the Ring, but but Severin winning, I think would have been um, would have been viable. Um, yeah, he he's one I could I could see benefit. Someone who could have, um, uh. Someone whose career could probably have been helped by it, um, I, I wonder, is Farouk, who, who's been booted out of his own nation, really became second fiddle to to Rock, and, and his career was on the downward path at this time. If you wanted to keep him relevant as a singles guy, maybe putting Farouk over, but I don't I don't think that's the way to go, but I'm just throwing out a name of, of someone who – whose career in the company would have benefited from winning this tournament at that time. Uh, maybe having him beat The Rock in the final, that would have been a good one-night story again. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that one. 
Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I think Shamrock would have been fine. I mean, maybe Jarrett. Yeah, not really. I think Jarrett would have benefited a different year. Yeah. Had he not been such a pain in the ass in '95, maybe he'd have won that one. Could have won that one. That would have been considering yeah. the whole the whole July pay per view was about him. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think I think I think we're in agreement. I think that they got it right again. So three years in a row, we we've got it right. Three years in a row, we're sitting there going, "Hey, this is the best the best option available to them." I think that's that's really good. Well, there we go, Vince. Thank you very much. If we just left it there and kept that momentum going, we'd all be happy. But 1999 comes around. And, um, well, what what do we say? Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn? Really? <laughs> well, really? I mean, at the moment, he was the guy that um, – I think he was the guy that they thought would be the next singles guy. I mean, you look at the rest of this tournament. The only one that would have been pretty great, and of course, you know, she did win in the first round, but she lost in the quarters, was China. Yeah. That would have been kind of cool. That's what I, I was thinking. That would actually have been a really good idea, the, the this concept, because they were about to they were about to give her a big push. I mean – the whole build up to SummerSlam, you had, and, and uh, it's a great story. Whether what, whatever you think of her in ring ability, I always liked the build to SummerSlam when all of a sudden China was in the world title match for for a short period of time. Like she she was put into that position um, with the whole Triple H, you know, number one contender matches and all that. It was a really fun thing, but they were really starting to strap the rocket to China. And of course, later in the year, she she wins the IC title and does the the series with um with both Jarrett and um and um uh, uh, Jericho. Right. Uh, so, so it's it's I really think China would have been a great wonder crown and then then you, you could have even had her do a well I'm I'm the queen of the ring. I don't need to be king. and and you've got Hunter as a previous king and who the previous you know who's a previous king of the ring winner they could have because they were still together for a short period of time you really could have played up the whole king and queen of the company. I think that could have been a, a, a fun little a fun little um storyline they could have worked with as as part of Hunter's rise to the to the yeah you know, really to the pinnacle of the company. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I know they tried to do the whole disintegrating of DX, which they did do um, with this tournament, but I think uh, I think China winning would have been pretty great. The only <laughs> other one that maybe would have been helpful, although at this point he was kind of already buried in the mid card, would have been Kane. Yeah. Um, but. I kind of like, uh, or have Viscera win, and he becomes the first two-time winner since. No, I'm not that. that's not happening. Um, uh, yeah, I would have. I, I think, I think they thought Billy Gunn was was the right guy, but little did they know the Rock was going to totally destroy him. <laughs> it was yeah. going to happen. Uh, I would have probably done. Um, I would have probably done China. I think that would have been a cool, 
boost for her leading all the way to her beating Jarrett and winning the icy belt later in the year. And Mm. they kind of, (laughs) they kind of treated her as legit because they got her involved in the whole, you know, world title thing with Austin and triple H and Mick throughout the summer. And yeah, yeah, I think it would have, it would have fit, it would have fit the character it would have fit the storylines and um, it would have been a a massive boost. It would have been unique. You know, it would have been so unique because we're not going to get that now with 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 the women's division being seen so well, trying to be pushed as on par and and equal with with the men's divisions in in the modern on in the modern company. You're not going to have Charlotte's not going to win a King of the Ring tournament. They're going to do a Queen of the Ring tournament. Charlotte would win that. So right. I think you're never going to get that opportunity again. And I think it would have been it just would have been uh, it was the perfect time and the right time. They could have pulled the trigger on it, and China, I think, would have been put up. I think the crowd would have loved it. I really do. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Wrong DX member winning that tournament. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, and it would have played in good to have her beat all three DX members on the way to the to – the, if she'd beaten each of them, you know, X-Park, Road Dog, and Billy Gunn, each, each stage really, you know, because at each stage it would be – you know, they could play the storyline of, you know, we didn't, you know, Road Dog could say, oh, I never really thought about that, you know, and China could say, I I am the, I am the better member. I beat you all. So, yeah. Right. It yep. Worked. yep. All right. Well, let's let's skip into 2000. And, well, I don't know that we'll be we're spending much time on this one because 2000 no. is, is, is right in the middle of the rise of the great one. Um, last episode, I, I named him as my number one draft pick. Yep. And it's it's because I'm a massive, massive fan of this man. I think he's a legend. Yep. I, I think he was um one of the greatest ever in ring. And um and that is that is the man himself, the Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, winner of the two thousand tournament. By the end of the year he he already won the Intercontinental title. He'd already he was the Eurocontinental champion at WrestleMania that year. Wins the King of the Ring and a and a few months later he's world champion. I mean, this is it's just it's it's the perfect year for Angle, and I can't think of anyone else who should have won. There, there's a couple of guys who, you know, you could go, well, if Angle wasn't to win, you know, you could see, you know, you, you got a couple of guys there you could see who would benefit from it, but I don't think anyone deserves to win um, over Angle. No, not at all. I mean, this tournament, I mean, the, the brackets are freaking gigantic. Hmm. Yeah, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, twenty, twenty-two, twenty-four, twenty-six, twenty-eight, thirty. Thirty-two person tournament, including China, mm-hmm. who made it to the quarters again. Except this time, she, or second round, she lost to her, 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 uh, her boyfriend there, Eddie. Uh, yeah, there's nobody else here. Jericho was already kind of established, um, and her, him and him and uh, uh, Kurt have a great match in the quarterfinals. Um, Rikishi gets rewarded by winning the IC belt. I don't know if he won it before. I think he won it before this. He beat Chris Benoit. Uh, Benoit flips out and uh, pins. He he gets all the way to the quarters and then loses to Rikishi by DQ. I mean, this is this tournament's funny because it's literally nothing but mid card, but it's pretty much the entire mid card because the main event was obviously. Um, that terrible triple threat or whatever the hell it was, mm. or six man world title tag or whatever that was, stupid thing. But, but it's one. Um, it's one of the few. It's one of the few events where you had multiple mid card guys on the rise. 
So there right. are other guys who you could sit there and go, like, and, and look, if, if we were to look back and go, he who shall not be named won it or Eddie won it or Jericho won it, we'd all sit there and go, actually, that's a good choice too. But I, I don't think any of them really – I think Angle is the perfect choice that year. Uh, I agree. I don't think it's anybody else. We could we could go on – yeah, I – there's no doubt. And it elevated him. And, and, you know, talk about perfect elevation because, you know, what, four months later, he's world champion. It's crazy. That's it. So, all right. Well, 2001. And uh, and, and now we get the, the well, we got the rise of Edge. King yep. Edge. King Edge. Yeah. You know what? At the time, I, I wasn't complete. I, I must admit, I'm not sure that it was the right time for Edge to win it. I'm, really? I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm just not sure that that it was. I, I, I don't think. I, I think it's still a, a year or two before Edge, and I know he has his injury um, puts him out for a while. But I, I'm just. You know, he's really only just, I mean, he's still really, he and Christian have only just sort of, the tag team has just sort of ended as a as a thing, yet it's, it hasn't really ended. Um, it's it's in the process of ending. I, I think right. he's still a bit lower down the card, and it's a good boost for him. Uh, but I just, for me, I always felt that, I always felt he wasn't quite ready in 01 to be the singles winner. Um, I, you know, I, I really would have liked someone, and I know they don't, they only do, they, they're sort of back into that, that semis final situation in 01, but I, I would have liked, you know, I could have seen maybe this would have been a time, maybe put Jericho over. I, I really wonder, I, I actually think I would have, but this would have been a, the perfect year to do the repeat and have Kurt go, go, go two for two. I think I, that would have been fun. Yeah, I, I kind of thinking about that. You might actually be right, Dave. Uh, I don't know if you would have had uh, Jericho because he had just, uh, you know, he had he's in the main event for the world title. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm not sure who else could have done that. I, I, I agree with you. I think Kurt winning it again would have been pretty great. Mm. You know, and you already had him taking on Shane in that amazingly brutal street fight, which he does win. Um, and and I know, look, I mean, it's it's very clear the story of the night is Shane sort of wants Kurt to wrestle three times, and he wants Kurt to, you know, he wants Kurt beat up when he faces him, but. I think for what what the the tournament doesn't really do a lot for Edge that year. I think I think if if we were talking about Edge in two thousand and three, two thousand and four, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, right. I think he was he it would it would have been the perfect time. But I think you know one. I think Kurt being given the 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 the, the repeat and really being able to build that up as I'm the first. I mean, he his character is built on the the achievements. He, his character is built on I'm better than everyone. I prove it when I get in the ring. You know, I'm an Olympic gold medalist. I'm a world champion. Imagine if he said I'm the only two-time King of the Ring winner. I, I just yep. think it would have been perfect for his character. 
Good point. I agree. And he hadn't turned. He hadn't turned. Uh, uh, he hadn't turned face yet because the, at the time the or you know the, uh, uh, invasion stuff really hadn't turned the corner yet. So, technically, Shane was still a face and Kurt was still a heel. And picture, picture that that invasion storyline, the early stages, all that, all that. You know, when McMahon and when Austin and, and Kurt were both hurt and couldn't compete in ring, but they were doing all the backstage segments with with Vince and you know Austin being the champion. And imagine Kurt being able to go, but I, I, I'm the two time King of the Ring winner. You know, right? I'm the champ. I, I just, it just, I could just, you can picture the elements of the storyline playing out in those interactions, being really fun, and Kurt getting frustrated that he's not getting the respect because of what he has done. So, right, which is which is what happened. Anyway. I mean, it's what the cat, what the whole um, angle was built around. So, right, yeah, yeah. But I like Kurt winning back to back. I'm sure uh, Mr. Rosero would like it. You know him; he's a huge Kurt guy. So I think that would have. I think he would have had a, no problem with that. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like Edge. I mean, it, it would kind of precipitated the Christian heel turn more than mm. anything. But I feel like um, Edge really didn't get pushed forward until after SummerSlam. That yeah. fall when he started feuding with Test, and then but, he, but into, even then, even then he didn't get. I mean, even then his his push wasn't that prominent because of all the all the WCW guys and the, the invasion right. storyline. How it goes, yep. Edge got pushed to the back burner. I mean, he he was prominent, but uh, you know he wasn't. You know, the the arrival of RVD certainly impacted. You know, impacted Edge Edge's mm-hmm. position as well, and. I just don't think it really benefited him at the time. Yeah, I, I don't think it did either. I think he, I think he would start getting more put over in 02 when he feuds with Regal and then that terrible Booker T, you know, shampoo storyline to WrestleMania. Yeah. I think it wasn't until the summer into the fall when he starts feuding with Eddie and everything that Edge mm-hmm. really gets the boost. Then, of course, you know, he gets hurt in 03 and it, it takes a while, but... Um, yeah, I, I I could see Kurt um, winning a second straight. Uh, why not? You know, at this point, mm. why not? Yeah. yeah. So I agree with you on that. I vote. All right. Oh, let let's move on. Two thousand and two. We're getting close to the end of the uh, end of the years. Um, two thousand and two. The last pay per view King of the Ring event. And um, and once again, um, we we have a, a, and for the first time, as you mentioned earlier in the show, um, the winner will has a guaranteed title shot uh, at at the Rock at, at or at SummerSlam, and the champion would end up being the Rock. And our winner is at the time the next big thing, now the Beast, Brock Lesnar. And, and once again, I think I think you you've got the situation. It was it was the right time. It, it it fit what they were doing with with his character, and and it was it was the boost they they were they were rocketing him up the card, and this was this gave him legitimacy to for them to put him in in those world title matches as quickly as they wanted to do it. I think right. he wouldn't. I don't think he would have been as accepted at the SummerSlam main event. If he mm-hmm. hadn't won King of the Ring. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't think there's anybody else at this point. And this, of course, was the first big tournament. You know, they were doing the Raw and, the Raw, Raw and SmackDown had split at this point. 
So you had Raw guys and SmackDown guys, and in the end, it would end up being two Raw guys, uh, um, Brock Lesnar and and Rob Van Dam in the final. Um, and again, it officially was giving them the the title shot. Um, if you weren't doing the title shot, as, as I said before, this this to me this might be more when Edge would have benefited from it. I, you know, I, I thought Brock needed it at this point, but if you weren't going to put Brock over, Edge would have benefited from it in 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 two thousand and two. I, I think yeah. it, would have, it would have really given him that 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 boost to the next level. I I also think, and he was in the final. I think uh, I think RVD could have gotten a boost from the, winning mm. this too. Yeah, yeah. So Man, uh, totally agree. Yeah. So there's a couple guys there, if there wasn't a title shot. But obviously they 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 realized after a couple months they were strapping the rocket ship to to Brock to get to you know, and Rock obviously you know at the time Taker was champion. Him and Triple H would have a. I mean, it was like watching grass grow. And you know, listen, I'm a very, I'm a very objective guy, Dave. You know that. I will, I have always gave my criticisms of Triple H matches when warranted, and this one's warranted. This match is yeah. not good, <laughs> not good at all. Um, and uh, so obviously, at the time, you're thinking that that Taker is going to be the champion going to SummerSlam, and of course, a month later at at Vengeance, that wouldn't happen. The Rock would win, and of course, Brock beat Rock at SummerSlam. So. But if you're not doing a title shot, and if you weren't doing that, I would have maybe... I like your edge thinking. I would have also liked um, RVD to maybe win the tournament, too. I think that would have been a good boost for him as well. Similar to Edge. They both were really over. But obviously, Edge would end up having... Both would end up having good O2s. A lot of people think that uh, Triple H got screwed at Unforgiven against Triple H when the World Heavyweight Championship was created. So, I don't know. But, uh... Yeah, and then uh, they decided, you know what, this whole tournament thing is uh, not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, so. we need to, we need to go in different directions. We don't get a King of the Ring for for, for four years. Um, we don't get it on pay per view ever again, and then it comes back as a television event, uh, live on. I think it was live on Raw, was it, or live on SmackDown, or did they do it over over a series of weeks? Uh, I think they did it over a series of weeks. Most of the matches were on SmackDown. It was a SmackDown-centric tournament. Right. And, um, and our winner in 06 is, um, well, it's the rise of King Booker. Yes. What, what now, again, we, we talk about the way Owen used the, the King of the Ring victory to, to propel forward. You can't deny how well Booker used this this uh, this victory to reinvent himself and and reboost his career. Really did reboost his career winning this tournament. Yes, I agree. I agree. I mean, he had you know he had good feuds with. I mean, he had a good feud with Cena in '04, and he had a good feud with uh, what would be Benoit in '05. But uh, I do think that. Uh, this kind of got him back instead of being the mid card glue guy that's pulling, putting over others. This was the moment for Booker T to kind of get back to the top of the level. And of course, um, most of the matches would be on SmackDown. The final would take place at the uh, Judgment Day pay per view that year. And uh, of course, that pay per view would be known 
Well, that's 05. What's the Judgment Day 06 main event? God, I don't even remember it. Um, Judgment Day 06? Judgment Day 06? Why am I blanking? What the hell was the Judgment Day 06 main event? I don't even remember. Oh, my God. It had to have been. Was, well, it wasn't uh, Batista because he was hurt. What the hell was the Judgment Day 06 main event? Why am I totally farting on this? It was... It oh, was. it was Ray and JBL. It was Ray and JBL. Mm. Okay, that's why I don't remember. Okay, Ray and JBL. Um, yeah, I, I I totally approve of Booker winning here. I think it was a good uh, opportunity for him to kind of re reboost himself, reinvent himself, get him back to um a main event level, and of course he would. Because later in the year, he would win the World Heavyweight uh, Championship. Yeah. yeah. So. so certainly harnessed it well. Um, if, if it wasn't Booker, it, it's really hard. If it wasn't Booker, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure where you would go. But there's one guy whose career might have, um, I don't believe he would have won it, but might have benefited from winning, might have been Matt Hardy. Because you you've just had Matt, yeah. The previous year was the whole issue with with Leader and and getting fired, right. coming back, the whole losing to Edge. Um, so he's he's sort of just come out of that whole time span, and and you know he he had fashioned himself as a, a bit of a really you know, he was a strong singles wrestler at this point. So. To sort of help rebuild his career, Matt Hardy, I think, would have benefited from from um, being given a shot at winning the King of the Ring. But uh, I don't know whether, you know, coming out of it, I think it would have given him some credibility. So re- rebuilt some of the credibility I think he lost by losing over and over to Edge for, for most of the previous, you know, sort of in that last 12 months. And, uh, you know, sort of helped him because, I mean, he, he, did, he did, you know, he was always a good hand in the ring. And, and he was this, the sort of guy who could have, you know, utilized that as a similar sort of way to what uh, Booker did. You could picture Matt Hardy building a gimmick out of winning King of the Ring. Yes, I, uh, I agree. Um If their plan was not for Booker to actually come up with the King gimmick or use the King gimmick to kind of elevate himself to eventually become world heavyweight champion, I think Matt Hardy would have been a fine pick. Um, he and uh, he would end up pushing himself into 07. He would feud with uh, he would feud with uh, with MVP, uh, help put MVP over as a good heel. Um, yeah, I think Matt Hardy would have been a fine pick. I'm looking at some of the other names. I think Bobby Lashley, I don't think he was quite ready yet. Um, most everybody else at this point, like Randy Orton and Benoit, Mark Henry, like those guys, they didn't need this. Um, I think that Booker, it definitely needed, it was a little extra rocket fuel spurt to get him to the level where he could become world champion. But I like the Matt Hardy pick. That's an interesting one, Dave, uh, because he was kind of mired in no man's land, really. Mm. And I think that would have been a big, I think that would have been a boost for him. I like that pick. I like uh, the Matt Hardy pick, but definitely I'm not upset with Booker. I think he definitely 
at the time needed the kind of boost to get him to the next level. So yeah. I approve. All right. All right. Well, let's jump. We'd now jump two years in the future. And uh, 2010 is the next time the tournament runs. Again, run on, on television. Um, and I think this time it was run as a one night uh of the, the the I think it was one night on Raw pretty much sort of one one television show of Raw. It was oh no, we you missed one. We have two thousand eight. Oh, did I miss two thousand eight? Sorry, two thousand eight. Yes. Oh, uh, sorry, so, I did mean two thousand eight. I meant yeah, we jumped two years from oh six to oh eight. I had I jumped from oh six to two thousand and ten. You're in a you're again, in a third universe. <laughs> no, I am. No, no, two thousand eight again. Like I said, on television. I meant I meant two thousand eight on television. Uh, predominantly, and yeah, we have we have an interesting winner. So, someone who I think was a really good decision to be a winner. It's just sad that due to other circumstances he wasn't able to utilize it more. Uh, and that was William Regal. And yeah. uh, you know, William Regal always had that air. You always wonder, you know, why he hadn't won one before. And uh, winning it that year, I think, was a it was a good option. It was it was a it was a good result. Um, you know whether or not Regal needed uh, that the the rumor and the storylines are is that they were actually prepping Regal to maybe actually have a little run, not not as a champion, but to to be a contender for for the world title. That's a rumor that I've heard in, in the last few months that I'd never heard before. And then and then um, he had some of his. Uh, some of his other issues crop up and, and some health issues sort of put him put him out of business and out of action for a while and sort of stop that push. So it, it's a bit of a shame. But, you know, where things are at in no way, you know, it, it, it's hard to really lay really sort of look like look at who would have benefited from from winning King of the Ring. I maybe maybe JBL. Might have might have been someone who could have benefited from it, maybe with the utilization that I'm going to try and buy it. Um, mm. You know, you know, sort of that 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 million dollar man, almost what they did on the house show with 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 DBRC. You could have had JBL do that sort of thing through the tournament, buy someone off, or you know, offer to pay them off or, or whatever to 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 leave or lay down for right. him. And 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 maybe JBL could have could have utilized that as part of his of, of his storyline, but I'm not just it, it's a really funny time. Oh wait, two thousand so two thousand and eight is a really funny time, and and finding someone who would have benefited from winning a tournament as a boost to their career is very difficult. Yeah, at that point, yeah, um, I think Regal was fine. Punk had already kind of established himself. He he had the he had the he, the, he had the money in the, bank. the briefcase at this point. Yeah, he had the briefcase. Yeah. Yeah. So he was already this meant nothing. He he could have he didn't really need it at this point. He was carrying the briefcase around. Um, but might maybe a fun a fun little one like from a final perspective, maybe Finley. Yeah, Finley's kind of in that same category as Regal, like that grizzled veteran that that could get kind of an immediate boost. Um, yeah, I think that that's not a bad choice either. 
But I put him kind of in the same class as, and they ended up wrestling in the semis, and that mm. match is pretty fun for only three and a half minutes. Um, Finley Punk would have been a fun uh, final. Yeah, I mean, Finley, again, I think Finley's in the same situation as Regal, kind of the old grizzled veteran kind of thing. I think it would have worked out. It could have gone a, a, a similar path. Yeah, I like Finley. Um, yeah, the, the only the only other person I think would be would have been fun and be able to utilize it coming out of the tournament. That's what I'm that's what I'm trying to look at is how can it be used? How would it be benefit someone coming out of the tournament? Not so much from a from a um their position on the card, but can you imagine if they'd let Santino Morella um, enter the King of the Ring and, and and maybe win a King of the Ring tournament? I know he was. I know you know it it, it probably. At this point, the, the comedy was really well in, well entrenched into who he was, but Santino would have had a bit of fun becoming King of the Ring. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think so. That would have been cute. <laughs> um, did they even put him in the bracket? No, no he didn't. wasn't in the. That's what I'm saying. He wasn't in the bracket. He wasn't. Yeah, but no. it would have it would have been something that would have been. It would have been fun to, to consider to consider him and maybe put him in. I I am the ring of the king winner. Yeah. Yes. Kings of the rings. Yes. <laughs> he would have had fun. That, that, that's what I'm saying. It, it would have, he would have been able to utilize it in in a good way. Uh yeah. Yeah I. If you wanted to go down that mildly comedic route, but I. I think I kind of like your grizzled veteran mm. thing with uh, um, with either Finley or uh, or Regal at that point. I think that would have been pretty cool. Would have been good to kind of juice up the mid card a little bit, considering. And we're in 08 right now, Jr. and I. Uh, I think that would have been a fun a fun way to look at things. Bit of it a little different. Um, yeah, yeah, I like your idea. I like your idea of either of those guys. I, I would have been fine with them keeping it with Regal, or if they decided to go the Finley route, I think that would have been good too. The only thing is, if they did want to kind of boost it to a main event level, I don't think Finley was quite there. No, no. So. All righty. Well, let's, so. let's, now let's jump to 2010, right? I'll, I'll get my years right. We're, we're closing <laughs> in 2010, Sheamus is the winner in 2010. Uh, they've moved the tournament to later in the year. It, it was in November. And again, you're in a, you're in a situation where it's the, these these later tournaments. It really becomes hard to sort of look at who would have benefited or, or whatever. But there's one name I want to throw out. Look, Sheamus was a good choice. I'm not going to deny that. Did he need it in 2010? Probably not. Someone who might have benefited from it after what had happened earlier in the year, Daniel Bryan. The whole stuff that went on earlier in the year with with you know with NXT and and being fired and coming back and and everything that happened around around Daniel Bryan's career, Daniel Bryan winning the King of the Ring tournament, I think, would have been a good a good story for him and a good boost coming out. For him after because it was so early in his in his WWF tenure. 
Hmm. Um. Hmm. I think that would have been at that point in 2010 probably good for the company. Uh, I'm trying to think where this. Let's see. This so this tournament was in the fall. It was in, it was in November. November. So we're past, and we're past. We're past uh, Nexus. Yeah, we're past the whole. We're past the whole Nexus coming in, the firing, returning for SummerSlam. It's all after that, which is why I think it would be a a good a good option for him. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of who else in this bracket would have been. Who really needed John Morrison? Eh. That's what I'm Del saying. Rio, I, look, nah. I, look at, I look at who was around. I mean, yeah, Del Rio, mate. Del Rio was still pretty early in his tenure in the company as well. That you could see, he would have been, he might have benefited from it as a bit of a boost, too. Mm. They're, they're the two guys, I think. That, that was the other one I was thinking of, is Alberto had only been in the company for a few months as well. So, it would have been a boost to his career. There, there, there are two guys that would benefit from him as a as a as a push up. Um, Sheamus had already been a champion. He didn't need the King of the Ring anymore. He was he was established at this point. Miz, uh, not Miz, uh, Brian and Alberto would have benefited from it to help push them up, which is what was happening in the early days. The the the, uh, the rise of the you know the 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 you know the the Owen Hart's, the Kurt Angles, the Brockmans, they were winning it early as a as a as a push, as a boost, and, right. and I th- I think that's what it would have been benefit here. Mm. I mean, can you imagine a Bro- Daniel Bryan versus Miz in the King of the Ring tournament in 2010, right after the whole NXT thing where you know Miz had you know waylaid him verbally so often? It would have been a fun fun retribution for Bryan. Yes, I agree with that. What about Cody Rhodes? Too young? Ooh, probably. Probably at that point, maybe just a little too young. Okay. Him and Ray. 20, I kind of vaguely remember. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> um, him and Ray have a pretty good match. That match that opens the tournament is actually pretty good, if I remember correctly. Um. Yeah. Drew McIntyre was on the down. Was yeah, not in good races. Nice. Yeah. MVP? Or was he pretty much? Cooked? I think he. I think he was cooked by this point. He. 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 It would have benefited him a few years earlier. Yeah. Um, but not in. Uh, not in. Not in 2010. Yeah. Good call. So, I think Daniel yeah. Bryan would have been interesting mm. at this point. You know, you're right. Sheamus, it's just all all it did for Sheamus was kind of just enhance his his just overall character. It really didn't do anything for him in the company, per se. You mm. know? Yeah. Yeah, I like your Daniel Bryan pick. I think that'd be fun going into 2011 and, you know, kind of seeing his elevation continue because eventually he would obviously – win his first world title and all that. And we, we won't get into 2012 because we all know what kind of mess that was for him. But um, 
Yeah, I like your. I like that, Daniel. Yeah, the, I, I feel like this tournament did nothing for Sheamus. It really didn't. It just gave him an extra layer of his character, which you could probably do some other way. But yeah, I mean the crown is cool looking. I remember the crown was kind of cool looking he wore. So, but uh, yeah, I, I like uh, Daniel Bryan's on a bad pick, and you kind of continue that rise and winning a secondary belt at some point, U.S. title. I think he had already maybe he had already won the U.S. title by this point. Um. Just keep move, just keep elevating him. Keep him on the mid to upper mid card. Um, and then eventually get him to that moment. Hmm. I do think they had a long-term plan for him. As much as they call him a B-plus player and all that kind of jazz. I do think, I do think uh, they had a good thought for him. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah and, and, like and, and, it and certainly proved it in the long run. So. I agree. Yeah. I agree. All right. Well, we jumped five years. So it's five years between the, between tournaments. The next time the King of the Ring is crowned is in 2015, April yep. 2015, just after WrestleMania. Yep. And um, and our winner is Bad News Barrett, Wade mm-hmm. Barrett. And, and and you know what? At the time, it, it was it was probably a shot he did need. He, his career had really stagnated at this point. Yes. And um and it, and it was certainly a boost for him. Um and I think it was I think it's probably a good choice with at the time. Um I, I was having a look at the roster. Um I was having a look at the roster and at at the time in at this time in 2015, April 2015, there was one there is one guy I could see winning the tournament that would have been an absolute hoot from a storyline point of view and what you could have done with it. During the event and after the event, um, just just hear this one out. Just hear this mm-hmm. one out. Okay. So April 2015 is the absolute height of the Damien Mizdow character, the stunt double for the yep. Miz. Can you imagine a storyline where the Miz is entered into the tournament, but each round he sends his stunt double into the ring instead. Or maybe one round he wrestles and Miz is doing Miz Dow's doing his his shenanigans on the outside. But basically right. Miz Miz Dow is put into the later round, the semifinal, the final, because Miz it's his stunt double. Go in there and be my stunt double. And Miz Dow wins the tournament and then the Miz is claiming the crown. I won the tournament. No, Miz Dow won the tournament. No, I won the tournament. He is my stunt double. He is me. Therefore I won the tournament. I just I think the storyline would have been fun, and Mizdow at that point was so over that um, winning King of the Ring, I think it, it would have been very acceptable to the fan base. Yes. Yeah. I think that would have been great. I love Mizdow. I love him in mm. the NWA right now, but uh, I think that would have been hilarious. I don't know if it would have made the – I mean, I think people kind of – moderately didn't take this tournament seriously anyway anymore but i do think that that would have been a fun little fun little way to do it i mean you look at the rest of this bracket i mean maybe dean ambrose he didn't need it he didn't need it luke harper yeah uh i mean we got we got cody there as stardust and and again the stardust character just wasn't wasn't going to king of the rings so Uh, bad news, yeah. no, not that. So Barrett was the right choice, I think, at the time. He was a good choice, but I think Mizdow would have been a fun alternative. 
and it would have you could have used that then to give another element to the breakdown between the relationship between him and Miz, and there's another element to their to their story going forward. Mm. Yeah, mm. I think that would have been a fun. He's like doing the pins and everything, and and they hand Miz Dow the trophy, and he's like, "Well, I won." Like, "Well, no, you didn't. That guy did." Well, no, that the skits would have been great. The skits yeah. would have been great. The segments on TV would have been great. Um, you know, like they they do a storyline where like Miz Dow gets to reap the benefits of winning the tournament, even though the Miz thinks it's him, and he gets locked out of restaurants and women are coming up to him. Like, yeah, I think it'd be pretty great. I think that would be pretty good. And then Ms. Dow maybe eventually does turn babyface, And then we, and you know, and then, and then, you know, Sandow gets a decent yeah. little baby face push. I could see that. That so, Bar- yeah. I think eventually does win the IC belt. I think. Yeah, he does. And then, and then unfortunately he's out of the company. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, but it's where we're at. All right. Well, we've got two left, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm I'm gonna struggle because th- this is really in a time period where I'm starting to where did he? I mean, they're very recent. We got tw- 2019. We have Baron Corbin winning in 2019, and uh, look, the, these last few years are a bit of dark. I, I will admit, are dark spots for me. I I, I it's not. You know, it's, it's it's well known that I I've I've struggled with the product in recent years, and I just I don't know. And really, with the way the product is going, I don't know who else you would have put there in in 2019. Um, I looked at the tournament brackets, and you've got guys in there like Samoa Joe and 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 you know Cesaro, who well you know Cesaro was he should have he, if he was going to win it would have been years before. Samoa Joe could have been an option. But um, you know, I just Sammy Zayn maybe, but the way that in the recent years guys are just so up and down in the way they're used, it makes it very hard to see how anyone would benefit from from using from winning in 2019. Mm. Kevin Owens, I mean, he's already over. Yeah. You know, um, the only guy in this bunch I think that would have been fun to win would have been uh. Ricochet. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what they did here, Dave, that would have been funny back in the 1985 tournaments. Samoa Joe and Ricochet wrestled to a draw, so they both made it to the next round, and it ended up being mm-hmm. a triple threat with Baron Corbin. Could you imagine? That, that, um, would, have been, that would have been interesting in the earlier yeah, days. I know, right? With all those draws. Mm. Uh I think I would have given this tournament to Ricochet, to be quite honest with you. I don't think anybody gives a shit about Baron Corbin. No, no, he doesn't. And what did it do for him? It did nothing for his career. Nothing. Everyone hated him then, and they hated him afterwards. And we're not talking about hate him as in he had big heat and people wanted to see him get beaten. People just didn't want to see him. And and they still didn't want to see him after he won King of the Ring. It just was a waste. Nope. I'm gonna go with Ricochet. I think Ricochet would have been a nice win, or or Elias, because Elias was kind of over at that point. Yeah. Now he's kind of just gutter. He's just junk. But mm. I would have given it to Ricochet. I think that would have been. I think he would definitely would have benefited from a tournament win. I agree. Yeah. All, All right. right, and 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 our final one. We moved to 2021. So just 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 two years ago, 
And the winner in 2021 was Xavier Woods. And uh, that was, I remember that happening. And and that was actually quite a fun little, I think it was good for Xavier Woods. It was sort of a way for him to step out of the shadow of Big E and Kofi um, to get that that singles win in, in, in a prominent way. Beating Finn Balor in the final, I, I I think it was it was a it was a good result for Xavier Woods. Whether it's done anything for his career moving forward, I don't know. It really sort of has lost that luster now. It's really not seen as a as a as a push for anyone's career. No, and, and I mean he barely did anything with it because he took time off in January, and by the time he came back in March, he stopped acting that way. So, mm. but, I mean, you but, look at the bracket: Sami Zayn's in it, Ricochet's back in it. And that he actually loses to Xavier Woods. I don't even think it mattered at this point. Kofi was in it. Now that would have been yeah. interesting. They instead they they didn't pull the trigger on a Xavier Kofi semifinal. They ended up giving it to freaking Jinder Mahal. Yeah. Um, it would have been fun. That would have been fun. Yeah. fun it would have been a lot of fun. Too. But but he, here's the here's the one. If you want to look for someone else to win the tournament in 2001, in 2021, then why aren't we considering? Jimmy or Jey Uso. This is in the early days of the bloodline storyline. Yep. This is this is you know they're, they're both in the bloodline, but you've they've both we've had that you know was it um I always forget which one had the the series with the bloodline started with um Roman beating up which who was who was the one he had the, the main event matches with yeah um, Jay. Jay. I think it was Jay yeah so they he proven he could he could play in the main event and I know they were focused on the tag team they had the tag titles but the bloodline winning the king of the ring uh, would have been at the time it just would have been the bloodline taking control and dominating and then as the time goes on as they as they move that storyline on as they did last year into you know Sami Zayn injecting himself you really could have played it and even now you could play it up as well, I won King of the Ring. You didn't do that, Roman. I've won King of the Ring. I should, yeah. You know, you're the head of the table, but I'm the king of the tribe, or something like that. You, right. you could. It would. It's something that you would be able to utilize in the storytelling that's happening now, um, which I think would have been a benefit. But you know, we we didn't know that that's where it was heading in 2021. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. I think so too. And. Um. We're also in the middle of the pandemic, so that at this point, so that also kind of kind of killed the yeah. energy level. But I like the it would have been an interesting way to 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 you know, with the bloodline now officially gone, as we saw this mm. past week on SmackDown. Um interesting timeline that comes out of this, and, and again, uh it's just cooking to the surface. Um Roman could have kind of coached him into yeah. the wins. Maybe they do a J. Maybe they maybe Roman kind of rigs the tournament so we have a J. Jimmy final. Yeah, that would have been interesting. And then he orders uh, one of them to lay down. They've got to follow. You know, this the whole thing about you're my right hand man. So you know, it it it, it you could really have have, have um, used it to push the the dominance of of the bloodline at the time. Yep, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I think a new so would have been very good. Hmm. No disrespect to Xavier Woods, but he really did literally nothing with it. <laughs> That's right. Nothing. Yeah. So, uh, well, there we go. Yep. Of the rings. Yes, we had some interesting choices there. 
nothing was as concrete as uh, nothing was as concrete as we thought when we went through them. Um, yeah, very interesting. So uh, I hope we hope you enjoyed uh, this month's episode as we went through the history of uh, alternate universes for King of the Ring. We hope you uh, liked our analysis and some of our alternate picks. Uh, if there was a 2023 King of the Ring, I would have just given it to Cody. <laughs> hey, absolutely. <laughs> nice and easy. Uh, Dave, where can everyone find you? Um, you look, um, I encourage everyone, you can reach out to me uh, through through Facebook. Um, you find me lurking the, the place to be uh, Facebook pages. Um, reach out to me. Send me a private message. Always, uh, always open to, to do that. And uh, if you want to hear more of me, um, tune in to over on the uh, over on the, the North South Network. You can hear me on the Cronoso monthly yes. uh, episodes. I uh, really encourage you to, to do that. I just I just earlier today laid down my segments for the next episode, which will be the main event and Saturday night's main event from February and March 1988. So building up ah. the uh, the build and the growth towards WrestleMania four. So so check Very those nice. out. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott C Podfather. Please follow the brand on Twitter at PTBN Wrestling. We do the wrestling. Speaking of alternate universes and through the licking glass, I do wrestling time travel. I find all of the sh- big shows that happened on this date. Uh, that's a lot of fun. We had a great week here in the PTB Wrestling Network. New episodes of Through the Looking Glass. Uh, through the Looking Glass. Highway to the Impact. This is the new episode of Through the Looking Glass. <laughs> uh, new, uh, new episodes of uh, Highway to the Impact Zone. As I mentioned, NWA Crock and Roll returned. Uh, NWA Saturday Special. My good friend over in England, Luke Jennings. New episodes of the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast and the Monday Night Project every week. Um, join Dave and I in July. Um, uh, not sure what our topic will be. Should be very interesting. Ah, we're going to break down the main event of In Your House International Incident. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite six man tags of all time. Everybody knows that. Anyway, have a great rest of your June. Uh, we will talk to you, uh, in July through the looking glass. <laughs>